Welcome, welcome. Did you come in for the spring cleaning special we're running? Gotta clear out some of this old stuff to make way for new stuff. But my limited space is your benefit. Walk around and take a look at some of the great deals we're running. And speaking of walking around, I'm sure you're interested to also hear more about Corn, Gurk, and Storm walking around in the jungle. Well, let me tell you, boy are they in for a surprise now that it's starting to get dark. The Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast. Season 3. Episode 22, Not Susceptible to Filibuster. When last we left our motley crew, the sun was setting as they left the lookout rock and headed into the jungle. They're heading southwards as they head to the cliffside campground that Storm had found previously and determined to be a particularly peaceful and restful location. First, and most importantly, as we discussed the last time, what are the ringtones on each of your comm units? Toxic by Britney Spears. Uh, Sandstorm by Darude. <laughs> nice. The game has changed by Daft Punk. Nice. <laughs> I think Taven is the Imperial March from Star Wars. Um, so um, you kind of get going, and um, I'm also curious for each of your characters, like how much of this sort of activity have each of your characters done? Obviously, they came from the space station. Um, part of the space station's like role was a research station, but they're basically investigating this like dead planet that they were orbiting. So there were field teams that would like go into the team and find artifacts and bring that back to the station. Um, you know, how much do you feel like your characters are a part of maybe like those expedition teams? Obviously, also, like, your character had a life before coming to the space station. So um, that could kind of include some of that stuff, too. Um, or maybe not, depending on, like, how you conceptualize your character and what they did beforehand. So um, just kind of curious, like, you know, is this, like, pretty new? Are your characters used to field work? Like, what's their, um, you know, what's their experience with that in the past before, like, this you know, obviously nobody's experienced anything quite like this, but the, you know, field work, camping, hiking, um, sort of business, like, is that new? Is that different? What do you guys think of your characters? I, I think Storm had served as field, you know, expedition medic for several uh, sorties. Sure. Um, he has, you know, his proficiencies, I think, reflect that he has a you know the major in healing to fix people up but then he's got miners and firing fired weapons for providing a little bit of security while out in the field and then particularly if they were investigating like a dead planet that had been more like technologically advanced he's got his hacking skills for getting into old buildings and stuff cool I think Girk probably spent most of her time on the station while they were there. I mean, if she went down to the surface of the planet they were investigating, she was staying at a base camp, most likely, because um, people would bring, you know, if equipment failed, they'd bring it back to her to fix, rather than having her fixing it in the field. I don't think she's intimidated by field work, but I don't know that she's the most experienced with it. Cool. Uh, Corin. As a general rule, is okay in like the kind of foresty jungle environment, just from where he's originally from. But as far as the actual like field work, he would kind of force himself into missions. But he would also be more like Gurk, where he's really just sitting at base camp because they're like, yeah, no, you like, you know, you can. They kind of like convince him that he'd be best. Best serving that's the best group. Serves the mission by staying there and looking after things. So he kind of make himself go because he wants to feel useful but definitely not really into the 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 wet work like hard exploration kind of stuff cool i know his like kind of proficiency or profession on the space station was also like a logistics thing so there may be a lot of times where that's actually more of like he's 
on the station doing that sort of stuff yeah. as and well. Yeah, that, that's perfect. They'd be like, I think you'd be best if you just, you know, stay here and help. We'd be like, no, no, I'll, I'll go down with you guys. And, like, he, he wouldn't be allowed to leave the camp for most missions. Nice. Uh, I think Taven, like, one of the prime members of some of those, like, expedition forces. He's, like, um, obviously he has, like, the magical attunement, and so that's, you know, helpful and sort of that mode, but also he's kind of the security, a big part of the, like, security protocols and force and things like that, and so... Um, yeah kind a little bit (laughs) of one of those moments um i think like especially reflecting back to like episode one of this season or two i guess when he was introduced like uh he's that's kind of a part of his his job is to be a part of that action and exploring and stuff like that so i think he does have experience um we kind of mentioned like last time we recorded i can't remember if that was one or two episodes ago but like He's not necessarily super comfortable in the, like, physical environment that they're in. Uh, but in terms of, like, field work, I think he's, like, pretty, um, yeah, pretty experienced with that sort of thing. Um, so, kind of with that in mind, you guys uh, had grouped back up. You're like, okay, we're going to head off to um, this, you know, campsite area that Storm has found. Um, but shortly after getting into the jungle, you realize that due to kind of like this bowl that you're in geographically and the dense growth of the jungle, it actually gets dark like very quickly now that the sun has set. Um, so you maybe get like 15 or 20 minutes in and you know that you have like an end location set in your relative compass. So you have a heading that you can follow like pretty easily. Um, but you're also like, okay this is getting pretty dark. So, Um, if you're going to keep going this way, at the very least, you guys are going to like need some light. So, um, you know, what, what are you guys thinking? What's your plan with that? Um, what does that look like for you guys? I think since storm is the one who marked this, spot in his relative compass to begin with. I think he's sort of scouting, uh, leading leading the group. Um, so he's got the compass in one hand as he's, you know, finding a, finding a path, but I think he's taking advantage of his um, cybernetic eyes, short range, infrared, to pick things out in the semi-darkness and be able to more easily navigate. Um, if it truly gets to a point where we need more light, um, I think he pull out one of the electric lanterns and carry them in his other hand. I was going to say, do we, did I have one? I don't think I brought one, which is dumb. It I was think... part of the basic adventuring kit, so if was you it? grab one yeah. of those, then you have one. Oh, wait. There it is. Um, yes, oh, Charles, yes, I yes, am yes. saying I have we Thank have you. now gotten to the point where you do need light to continue forward, so you're figuring that out. If you want to use a lantern, great. Um... But, yeah, that's the point at which you've hit. Do we want to just... Does the infrared not yeah, I mean, come that'll, from the eye? That'll help you out, too. Um, I'm a goblin. I got dark vision. If you have dark vision, great. Did I write that down? Do you have dark vision? <laughs> Do you actually have dark vision, though? I you thought you had the opposite of dark vision, which was... Normal vision. Well, Goggle-less I thought you were, like... Welder. Yeah, immune to blinding effects and stuff like yeah. that. Because of bright light, because you're, yeah. Okay. Okay. But if you I'm, have dark vision no, on your character have, sheet, then great. I do not have great. dark vision on my character sheet. I was taking it as a racial assumed, but I don't have it there, so. Never mind. They're, they're called racial attributes, not racial assumptions. Thank you. <laughs> or, sorry, they're, Rachel. They're Rachel assumptions. assumptions. Yeah. <laughs> this feels like a moment of. Everybody take a minute, review your character sheets, see what you have, see what you're doing. I don't have dark vision, so I know that. How many um, torches do we think we should light while we're walking through this? Can we get away with one? I think, if, I mean, the description I have of the, of the electric lantern is that it's a 20-foot radius. Yeah. So I think one is sufficient. That was my thought. It honestly really depends kind of how you want to approach it. The more lanterns you have lit, the more light you're going to be creating 
but also the more things are going to be visible. The yeah. less lanterns you decide to use, the less light you're going to be creating, the less things are going to be likely to be visible. So... I feel like if Storm is up front, and we put Tavern in the back, and we have the two tiny folk in the middle, and the front and back have lanterns, we should be set. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure we're conserving our lanterns if we can. Cool. That works for me. Yep. Um, so, you guys are making your way through. Um, as you just kind of like set the scene a little bit like as you were traipsing through the jungle previously um you hadn't really like run into anything that was obviously too crazy other than the giant patuki um <laughs> but in terms of like lots of creatures and stuff like that you've been hearing like the noises of like birds and chattering creatures and stuff um in the daylight mostly things were kind of avoiding you but you know that there like are creatures around right you know you might have like stumbled into a clearing or something and a flock of you know prehistoric birds or whatever kind of fly off or um you know kind of come across something and then you can like hear things scampering across in the jungle but the undergrowth is also pretty heavy and so um that's made it hard to like necessarily know um you haven't super been uh super stealthy it sounds like mostly in a lot of the way that you've been moving about as well too so um you know things have plenty of forewarning to get out of your way as you're coming as you're beginning to move through the darkness, obviously you have your torch on the front and the back. Is that still kind of your MO? Or are you trying to be a little bit more sneaky or stealthy? Or, um, you know, just like what's your approach as you're moving along? I mean, I, I feel like with us not really being able to see in the dark, it really behooves us to be able to clearly see. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we feel like we hear sounds that are... Like, if there's mountain lines and things, it's really better to, to know they're there to be able to prepare ourselves against them. Sure. Um, but if there's, like, voices, that might be like, oh, hey, maybe we should see if they're friendly or not. So I think... It depends on the noise. I think as long as it's just, like, general creature noises, yeah. Corrin thinks that we should keep the lights. I mean, how much further do we have to go? You have basically four hours. How did we get so far away from what he was at? You've met, you met at sunset at the original outlook, location, and it takes basically two hours to move through a square. Okay. So, we can give you three hours if you're not moving all the way through a square. Charles is making very thinking faces. I would think I would think three hours is like a short enough time that moving quickly to be able to set up a camp makes more sense than trying to be stealthy and move more slowly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, like I just that. wanted to like kind of set the baseline of like how are you approaching this right. and not like assume that you're making a ton of noise when you're all like, no, we would clearly be <laughs> sneaking stealthy. or no, we... we're going to be really sneaky yeah. and you're like, no, we're just trying to make as much, like, you know, as quick or whatever as possible. We'd so. like to run as fast as we can at high stealth. Right. <laughs> Everybody roll your With speed check. With all of our lights. And your... <laughs> With all of our lights hooded so they're pointed directly in front of our feet so we can see anything we're about to step on but sure, no additional light. But yeah. also, if there's something elsewhere, we'd like to be equally aware of equally those. Equally aware of those right. things. Right, yeah. Um... No, we just want to use polarized light where only we can see. Oh, my God. Right. Um, okay, so anyways, um, kind of with both of those in mind, I am going to say let's go ahead and have everybody roll a awareness check uh, just as kind of like our baseline for that. No. Unless you got the one and then I'm okay with it. Isaac just flipped our coin that's a either nat one or 2020 and went dang. Uh, 15 for Corin. I guess I should 
Somebody want to roll for Taven also. Okay. 15 for Corin. I rolled a 19 plus 2, so 21. Nice, that's pretty good. I also rolled a 19 nice. plus 2 for a 21. Uh, and I will further remind the GM that my cybernetic eye does give me a plus 2 awareness at GM discretion. Yeah, I think that that applies. So I, think that makes I got sense. a 23. Nice. I just want to make this clear. This is this is Taven, not Corin. Sure. Uh, he got a total zero. He has very not good awareness. He has if a I negative five yeah. awareness. It's not a strong suit. No. I think that does make sense. Uh, no, no, I yeah. Yes. Garrick, you said you had it with a twenty-one. Yep. Corin, you had experience. a fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, also explains why Taven is in the back. Also, being in the back makes it a lot harder to kind of see what's coming up to. Um, okay. Um, overall, though, like, pretty good, um, awareness, things like that. Um. Alright, so, you guys are trying to move as quickly as possible. Obviously, like, as quickly as possible through this dense jungle is relative. Um, but you also have already kind of gone more or less this route once before. Um, so that's obviously helping you out as well. Um, but definitely as it gets darker, you guys are beginning to hear more of what you would consider like predator type noises than like just your typical like, oh, I think that was a pigeon. Oh, I think that was, you know, some squirrels or whatever. And so, um... Definitely, like, hunting noises, howling, uh, a few roars, things like that. Um, and you uh, are making your way along. Uh, I'm assuming, are you still following basically the same path you took before? Um, okay, so that gives you... Yeah, especially in the dark, I think it makes sense to do, like, a retracing of steps more so than yeah. trying to find a new path, even though we have the compass to point us in the right direction. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so basically, what you had done before was basically follow the river, like upriver. Um, you found a couple places where you could cross. Um, so um, let's see. I'm going to have. No, we'll do this. At this point, you're kind of headed downstream towards the river. I'm going to see if you. Okay, so you guys. Uh, come into um, kind of just like an opening in the growth and um, as you step in uh, Storm and Girk you both um, kind of like immediately have this sense of like just mm -hmm. something seems a little bit weird no. Um, Storm, as you look around, especially with, like, your infrared vision, you notice, like, there's nothing big around here, um, but you kind of have, like, a circle of trees that are, like, around, um, and kind of, like, this open space a little bit in the middle, um, and so you've kind of, like, stepped into it, and, um... You're in front, yeah? Yep. Uh, so what do you do as you kind of step in and go like, okay, something, something. seems a little bit off. I think he would motion to the rest of the party to stop, and he would try to, like, stay right at the, like, Not right at the tree line into it. and try to Thank scan you. the opening Thank more. Thank you very much. Okay, make an awareness check and add your, you know, plus two with infrared and uh, whatever your perception is, too. That is 16, plus 2 for awareness and 2 for infrared, so 20. Nice. Okay. Um, with a 20, you notice, like, these trees seem to be filled with, like... Nope. Um, sort of, like, small, like, bird-like creatures. We just stumbled um, into the Parliament of Owls. We need to leave. And <laughs> you... Um, you, like, look around, you're like, okay, like, birds in the trees, like, that doesn't seem super weird, but it also seems like there's, like, 
maybe a lot of birds and they're not making very much noise. I was gonna say that was my question. Um, and so there's like just like kind of a weird disconnect between like something about this is a little bit weird. Either they're all asleep or like I don't know something's going on. They could be asleep. No. Um, but um, yeah. I think Storm communicates that to the rest of the team and suggests skirting around the edge of the clearing, uh, staying within the trees and just kind of falling around and then continuing on as opposed to trying to go through the center. Okay. Did you go through this clearing earlier today? We're refollowing right. the path that Taven and I went, so I would assume yes. Um, Doesn't change our course of action. I agree with what you're wanting to do. I'm just curious. If yeah, I think that's fair. This, like, you didn't get the sense before. Okay. But things are also different at night. Sure. Um, so, um, okay, so you communicate that. Um, so you're going to basically try to sneak around. That means I want everybody to roll a stealth check. Uh, can I also have Storm maybe pass his lantern off to whoever's Dexterity. directly behind him? Corin uh, or Gurk. And ready his um, net launcher? I'll take the lantern. Cool. Um, let's go to a map. Dang it. We'll see. We haven't rolled a new. Well, maybe we should also roll a new. No! Let's see what your stealth checks are first. Are you wanting dexterity or. Awareness. Awareness. I want dexterity. Or acrobatics. That would be acrobatics. Tiptoeing? Yeah, basically. Right, basically, the stealth roll here is your ability to avoid making sound. Perfect. Acrobatics it is. So, acrobatics is what it is. I'm gonna re roll. <laughs> These uh, dice normally I'll get hate me. Tavin as well. Not what it. Tavin is also not an acrobat. He's not. <laughs> Storm, Storm is not really an acrobat either. Turns out. Girk is more acrobatic than you'd expect. Every time I think of, like, a Parliament of Owls, I think of the scene in a, a Silver Chair by C.S. Lewis. And those aren't evil owls, but it's just intimidating. Ah, uh, yes, a summoning circle. <laughs> Leekus became sacrifices. Yay! A rice. Oh, no. What pawns are you guys? Grifton, as usual. Uh, green, gray, or dark gray. And slightly smaller. Do the, the slightly smaller gray one. I'll be a teal meeple. Tavin's a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Probably appropriate for his acrobatics. Um, oh, yeah, I thought this was Tavin. Maleficent Lego. His horns. <laughs> I think I have used that one in the past. The path isn't actually really existent where I've drawn it. But basically, um, you come upon, you know, this sort of a, a clearing situation. And, um, yeah, I think I drew eight trees, kind of like equally spaced around. Um, all right, have you guys rolled your stealth checks? Yep. Yes. Sadly, yes. All right. I, I re-rolled mine, and I went from a seven to an eight. I, Total. I didn't do yeah. much better. I rerolled mine and I went from a four to a, or I went from a two to a four. You doubled. I did. I doubled. <laughs> All right. I rolled a seventeen and I have a plus two, nineteen. All right. Uh, uh, Tavin, I got a nineteen, but 
that takes it to a 15 for Ouch. him. Okay. Uh, so Girk was top with a 19. Mm-hmm. Then Taven. Mm-hmm. I keep going back and forth on the pronunciation on that. He doesn't care. Um, with a 15 total. Yeah. And then... I have an 8, Corrin. And Storm has a four. Has a four. Okay. Um, I want you to roll initiative. No. And I also would like you to each roll a d4. This is mine. Okay. Initiative is reflexes? Mm-hmm. Yes. I created a cheat sheet for myself because <laughs> we played too many different systems. This is not going to go Storm's way. I'm just <laughs> sensing it now. First things first, give me your D4 number. Got a one, which I hope is okay. good. <laughs> a three. Okay. Uh, both Corin and Tavin, both. I just want one from you as a player. Oh, four. Okay, so that's a total of eight. Oh. Glad right. I got a one. <laughs> Maybe. I think. Or not glad at all. Who knows? Um, that was number of enemies. We wanted low. I mean, enemies, it's a relative term. Number, um, number of birds. Relative to us? Is that the term you would use? Maybe. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Uh, what's your initiative? Five. Nine. And that's a five because it's a ten minus five. <laughs> so I cut in half that time. Uh, I have fourteen. I have sixteen uh, minus two. Can you also roll for Taven? I did. He was an eight. Cool. And. Uh, I am missing. Corn, you said yours was a 15? 14? 14. Pretty sure you said 14. 16 minus 2. Corn. 14? 14, okay. yes. Uh, do we have more note cards somewhere? I think I have sticky notes. I don't think I have but any. I don't think I have note cards specifically. Um, I, don't, I don't like that. Alright, we'll do it this way. Corin, I think you're going to need to like negotiate us out of this. Actually, I do have... You have high cards. I mean, right? I still want note cards, but I do have just blank little sheets yes. of paper. Okay. This will work. Gonna, we're going to go old school. I don't think we school. want to fight them. I have a major proficiency in... Diplomacy. Okay. I don't think we're going to want to fight this. I mean, if there's, like, flesh-eating vampire bat things, then we might not have a choice. That's true. Does your diplomacy include flesh-eating vampire bats? Does that seem to matter I mean, for this place? Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like that as an option. Uh, I'm just going to, yeah, filibuster until the sun comes up. <laughs> filibuster. Uh... It, it mean, if it's a parliament of owls, or a okay. congress of whatever, what's the con congress of what? Parliament of owls? No, but there's also a congress uh, Congress of... of baboons, right? We've looked at this before. We, we have. have. That's why I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Wildebeest? Oh, that sounds right. No, I thought it was, like, some sort of Ooh. ape. Congress is a group of salamanders. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Hopefully, regardless of what animal it is, it's prone to a filibuster. Oh, okay. 
Salamanders, ravens, or crows. Ah. Because I thought it was a crow. But ravens. I it, was a murder, it was ravens. But ravens a murder are also of crows, a... yes. Yes, a murder of crows. I, I knew that one. There you go. And the 117th Congress uh, has a Reducing Animal Testing Act, if we're curious about that. This is very interesting. Interesting, like, huh, you're all going to die fashion, or interesting in a... Interesting, like... Perfectly spaced, and that's weird. I'll tell you after the battle. Oh, okay. Do they have a Reducing Animal Attack Act? Uh, no, I didn't Um, see that. Dang. (laughs) Okay, so... The 117th Congress of the United States has declared the year of the The governing body on the Orana Space Station has declared that you are out of policy, an uncontained creature. Submit. We have a security breach. We have a security breach. Hey, yo, friendos. Welcome back to DHHQ. It's me, Alex, your friendly neighborhood GM. This is the part of the show where I come out and throw a racquetball against the wall to the immense vexation of my neighbors. Oh, wait, no. This is the part of the show where I come out and tell you stuff. Stuff like, thanks so much for listening to our show. You are the highest quality in the vicinity, and there seems to be nothing that could cause your dissent. Also stuff like, sorry that we're pushing this one out a few hours late. We, well, I ran into some technical difficulties with my computer last night when I was trying to edit the episode. Honestly, I should know better than trying to edit the night before at this point, but sometimes that's really just how it works out. Sorry again, though, and thanks for the grace. Also, we love hearing from you guys, so drop us a line over on the good, good social media or by emailing us at dubioushistories at gmail.com. Send us your favorite quotes from the show, maybe. I just talked to some new listeners who were big fans of I've Had Another Vision from Pippo in Season 1. And thanks for supporting us, whether that's by listening to our show when it drops, repeat listening, or telling a friend about our show supporting us financially on patreon honestly it all adds up if you do want to support us financially and aren't doing that yet head on over to patreon.com slash dubious histories or by going to the link in the episode description there are a variety of support levels so hopefully there's one that works for how much you want to support us if not send us an email or dm us to let us know what would be better for you hey and remember you are awesome and that's all i've got for the mid break so now back to the show Basically, for where these are positioned, what I want you to do, someone, is roll a d8. This actually worked out extremely well. Can we do it? Go for it. Alright. Three. Three. Okay. Give me another d8. Five. Okay. Give me another d8. Awkward. Six. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, give me another D8. Seven. Okay. Uh, let's... Yeah, that's this'll work. Um, yeah, what'd you get? Four. Okay. Um, yep. Where's one? Uh, for the sake of listeners, in this ring of eight trees, starting... At like one o'clock across from us. You said four. He's mm-hmm. going around placing enemies at the the corresponding trees. So currently we have enemies at three, four, five, six, and seven, which would be the side of the ring we are all standing on. Well, I don't know if they're enemies. We have we have okay. neutrals. Things. Um which Alex said would be enemies from our relative standpoint. Give me another D eight. Five. Uh Right now we just have one, two, and eight left. So, well, actually, hmm. I mean, we have, if we have, we have enough eight to enemies fill... and there are eight enemies and there are eight trees, but really there could be multiple in the same tree. But let's just we'll just do one in each tree, so that'll work out. I think. So then why, then why did, did we roll? <laughs> what? Because I already have an initiative for which one they are, and I didn't want to just put them in an order. So you're determining which one is in which tree based on the dice rolls. Okay. Um, so we still need to fill one, two, and eight. So roll a 
Or we can roll a Make D3. Make him one, two, three. Yeah, roll a D6. D6. We'll do one, two, three, four, five, six. Two. Okay. Uh, that these are one, two, three. That's four, five, six. Two. Okay. Roll again. <laughs> Great. Nailed it. Two. What'd you get? I think that one was another very good roll. That last one was another good roll. Okay. Well, it was a it was a six and six chance that that was the tree it was going to end up in. So. Right. Mr. One. Okay. Who voted him number one? That would be the rest of the Congress. Or Parliament. Um, we must be members of the opposition party. I didn't vote for it. Who died and made you king? I didn't vote for him. Um, Hashtag not my parliament. Help, help, I'm being repressed! Alright. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's probably a pretty decent crossover between people who listen to our podcast and Monty Python fans. Um, Alright, so um, Storm, you are aware that there is a bird in each of these trees. Um, I'm pretty sure I also Girk, rolled a 21. You, okay, yeah, yeah, you are also... I had a second awareness check. It's true. It's um, true. It's true. Very good point. Are they a burden to each of these oh trees? Oh my gosh! You are, no, they're not. The trees are very strong. Um, not once we light them on fire. Wrong, wrong character. That's you are not grafted. You are not grafted. Are you sure you didn't want to play, David? Um, okay, Myers so, yeah, Gert, I think, house. like, based on where you're at, you can see um, the uh, creatures in the trees that are closest to you and based on kind of like your recognition of like, okay, that seems like their general like nesting situation. You're like, okay, there's probably one in each of these trees. So you're aware enough to make that. Um, Corin with a 15, I'm going to say you can see the ones that are uh, like the four closest to you. So that would be these four. And then Taven is not aware um ever although he did get a fairly decent stealth roll so there is that um okay so um you have basically communicated like you like stepped a step into the ring kind of like right off the side i specifically said i wasn't going into the ring he did say that (laughs) all right you are at the edge of the ring. There we go. I could, I could make an argument that, based on your uh, stealth roll, you should be there. But I'll let you be there if you want to. Um, I would say a poor stealth roll doesn't put me in a square that I was not in. I may have like stepped on a stick or broken a twig or something, but it doesn't put me in a square that I wasn't in. Or a whoopee Because it wasn't a nat one. Um, that's fair. Uh, and I'm letting you be where you want to be, so <laughs> we can have a conversation about this later if you want to. Um, but um, that's where we're at. Um, okay, so... Um, the first one is going to go first. Um, so... As you kind of like communicate this, um, the you hear a massive amount of squawking. Is this gonna work? Yeah, a massive amount of like squawking and screeching um, rise up from the various trees, and you see something that looks sort of like this uh, fly out of the. Um, tree that is we don't really have a cardinal direction on this right now but um i don't like those to the far right based on where i'm at their leg wings make me uncomfortable we're gonna go with north because that is north all right great so (laughs) that would be the one that is due north um one of these kind of flies out of the tree and uh screeches pretty loudly Flies towards um, Storm. 
I forgot that I just zoomed in really close and was like, where's my file? I have to zoom in on it. Um, all right, so it's going to make an attack roll. How far can it move? It can move far enough to get you from there. That's only like 20 feet. What about Pythagoras? Five, <laughs> ten. It can it can move far enough to get you from there. I mean, twenty feet is our normal 25, move. 25. Just, point, just oh. point that out. So if it's, it's, if it's probably relatively up in quick. the tree, like. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, it's a fair question, <laughs> but also yes. Um, so it is going to move. Let me see. Okay, so it moves. How do we do diagonals in this game? Every five, other diagonal ten, is five, ten. ten. Okay, so five. That's five, just five. That's ten. ten. Fifteen. That's, no, that'd be oh. twenty. Twenty. Yeah. That'd be twenty-five. That would be thirty. Thirty. So it is going to move thirty-five, forty. I'm trying to make this more or less in a straight line. Uh, uh, so well, it, that would be forty-five, and that would be fifty. Yes. All right, it's gonna move there, and it's going to take a swing at you as it goes. It rolled a strength attack to your stomach, which is not good because strength attack, sort of, but also probably good for your armor. Um. So. And it's going to bite at you as it goes. Hit and bite? Uh, the bite is the attack. Oh, okay, good. Just checking. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be five damage to your stomach. So two damage. There you go. Does she get taxable opportunity as it flies through? Uh, it does not. Rude. Or you do not. Uh, then, next in the initiative order... Is going to be this one, and it is going to fly. How high up in the air did that one end? Did this one end? Yes. Uh, it's probably ground level. That's a good question. Um, so they are basically like, it like is gliding out of the tree at a downward angle, kind of like hits you as it goes past, um, and obviously like has to be low enough to hit you um, by the time it gets to you. Um, so it kind of just like swoops and stays level along the ground. Good question. Um, but that probably means they have a movement of like 60 feet, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is moving. It's going to move to this square. But it basically does the same thing, but it just like dive bombs straight down um, at you. So let's see if it hits you. Uh, that's a strength attack to your left hand. Oh, wait, let me double check on something real quick. Is it a rules thing? Um, yeah, strength attack. How do we do those? You uh, add your mod. Add your stat modifier to the damage roll, but only if it's positive. Okay, cool. That's what I was thinking. I was doing that right. Um, okay, so this one is strength attack to your left hand. That's going to be a total of, uh, wait, four damage to your left hand. One damage. Um, okay, next in line in our initiative is number four. Uh, number four is going to just kind of take off into the air and fly into the middle of this sort of clearing area. Oh, wait a minute. That should have been number three. Uh, number four. Wait, 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 wait. Number three actually has line division on you guys. Uh, number three, let's see. Uh, is going to fly at Corin. So let's see if they land the attack. Uh, that is 
is counter? That's just regular defense. Oh, regular defense. Okay, so you get a regular defense face, so roll your d12. There's an eight. Eight means you block the attack. Six with my reflexes. That means you don't block the attack, you just get to add my your reflex modifier. Is it one no, you add your three. armor. Oh, your armor governing stat modifier. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so I still roll the attack then. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be five damage. Uh, to where, though? To your left hand, also. Okay. Um, test number three. Number three is going to land over here. Uh, number four, like I said, flies up into kind of just the middle of this area. Um, then Corin is next on the initiative. So, Corin, you are up. Okay. I am going to... Can I make a telepathy-based... Well, I don't know if maybe telepathy or not. I check to see if these things would have enough sentience to communicate with. Sure. Okay. Um, so, talk me through, like, what you're actually doing. Um, you're going to try to, like, make open up a telepathic connection to speak to them? Or you're just trying to make, like... What do I have until... Yeah, I think I a, just have to... Like an, okay, I'm going to say, if you're going to try to do, like, an, a telepath telepathy thing that's going to be like your action for your turn if you want to just try to make like an observation based on the squawking or whatever then you can make like an intelligence roll or something as your like kind of awareness sort of check for the turn um i mean i guess you could just do that first because you have an ability that lets you like innately so that's what i was going to ask you is if if it could be more like a general Charisma check, like, okay, can I understand their language? Yeah. Let's do that and as then, just okay. your check first, and then we'll go from there. Uh, so that's a 20. Okay, with that, you know, like, these are animals. Like, they're just squawking. There's not, like, an intelligence. This is a, like... I mean, I think, like, kind of with your ability, you can still glean kind of, like, information. But basically, it's like... Oh, prey. Oh, hungry. Squawk, 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 right. squawk. Not kind of like the, the boas where it's like they can communicate, but they're not really going to like. You're have not going to be able to have a conversation with them. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, in that case, I will go ahead and. That's the wrong die. Uh, say to the party. I don't think these things are friendly. We should probably kill them and get away as fast as we can. Oh. Uh, that is an encouraging word, so everyone gets one plus. So they get a plus six to their a roll, a dice roll during their next turn. Encouraging word. Cool. Uh, do you, do you want any to... dice roll? Uh, it says a dice roll during the next turn. Any dice roll. Okay. Um, I'm gonna like. Yeah. Um, we have allowed it on damage rolls and skill checks. Okay. Um, I'm gonna reserve the right to be like that doesn't make sense for what this is happening, but yes. That's um, fair. We definitely like kind of the idea is it should be applicable. Um, okay. Did you want to move? Uh, you said this one landed, right? So if I moved, it would get an attack of opportunity? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think I will. I'll stay where I am. Okay. Uh, next up, you have Girk. Do you have your mega turret? I have the pieces of it. <laughs> That's true. I forgot you brought the pieces of it. But that feels ridiculous. I think that was the pieces of a regular um, turret. I'm just kidding. But I also forgot that you brought that. 
Gurk shakes her head back I... and forth in an undecided manner. Yeah. Because part of me is also just like, these are... Can I tell if these are sentient? You can make it in some sort of a check. Yeah, I want to make um... an intelligence check to see their sentience. Okay. Keep in mind Do you have any sort of way to like actually communicate with them or anything like that that you feel like would apply other than just no, trying to like... No, I think this is more Rachel the player rather than Girk the character caring because like it's just a bunch of random birds and I'm like Rachel the play- character is hesitant to kill him because it's just a bunch of random birds. Um, well, as you're deciding, I don't think we actually described what these look like. I just showed the players. So yeah. uh, basically these are kind of like four winged prehistoric birds um they are micro raptors so they basically have like short down um do they look mean i mean yeah I thought they, they look very mean, mean. Well, all right um and they've also been like attacking yeah. your party how quickly can i put together my turret uh in you can put it together as your action for the round so then it would be ready to go on your next turn i'm gonna step up to the edge of the clearing and put it together cool um, let's give you another meeple that matches yours for wherever it's at. Um, here's, yeah, it doesn't really matter which one I don't think. Um, edge of the clearing. Thank you. So, yeah, the description that I wrote is the bodies of these small sized raptors are covered in a dark blue purple down. They also have elongated feathers that protrude off the back of their forearms and back legs and dark green, purple, and blue that they use to glide through the air. They also have barbed claws. So, um, that's kind of what they look like. You guys can look up Microraptors, if you're curious. Also, Corin did say, like, they don't seem friendly. Right. So. Uh, and you were in a spot to be able to, like, do that without provoking any attacks of opportunity. Well, no, she moved from here to here. Oh. Uh, then you'll be provoking any attack of opportunity. Um. How did they not provoke? Just a question. Probably an ability they, they have, have a specific to do like ability a flyby that or something. To do a flyby. Okay. Um, Just checking. Yep. Flyby can make an attack in the process of movement without drawing an attack of opportunity. Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to have one. How does attack of opportunity work? It's just a regular hit? Or do you roll attack. to see if it lands? No. Auto hit standard no, attack. Yeah. Okay. You see where. Great. Uh, okay, so. It's going to be your left arm. Good. And it's going to be... That was not a good roll. Um, Three damage to your left arm. I have level four armor. Then it doesn't do any damage to you, but it does bite out at you. And you're like... Punch it. Yeah. Punch it. Is it? All right. Let's see if the other one. Yeah, you don't want to eat her. Does any better? Because freaking energy drinks just run through her veins. It's Uh, very unhealthy. The other one did four damage to your left foot. I was close. Oh, I was sandwiched. I forgot. Yep. Uh, Four damage. But I have level four armor. Then no damage to you. Um. Past Rachel was very smart and got level four armor everywhere. Girk the tank. <laughs> How I ended up with that, that might be a question it, it, for another day. It was when we were outfitting to leave. Yeah. We all got to get a suitable level of armor for our level. Um, Which apparently was only level three for Storm. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Uh, Storm Spent was their not money a, on other things. Storm was not a player character at the time of departure. <laughs> True. Um, okay, Taven's up next. Um, Taven's gonna take a swing at the one next to it. Does anybody have Taven's character sheet up? Yes. Okay. So, I think just standard attack at this point, unless you guys are gonna... We're gonna kind of play like he'll do a standard attack, but if you guys are like, hey, Taven, like, whatever... Then you can kind of instruct him to do stuff, but that way it's like NPC moment. Does he not have some sort of battle hammer ability? Yeah, he does. Uh, I mean, I think, does he have any, like, standard attack bonuses abilities? Lockback as a standard act? Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. He, he can okay. move and attack as a basic action, but okay. he doesn't have any, like, bonuses to... Alright. Um, he's going to... 
basically take his battle hammer and just swing it. Um, and well, he, could, he could use offhand battle casting. Though. Yeah, he doesn't have any spells. Well, it would just I mean, be a single. It would just be a be... single target of his elemental proficiency. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So this is what he does. He's going to first take the battle hammer and just like golf club it towards this uh, bird raptor that's next to him. That would be number three. Um, he got a strength attack to its right arm, so we need to roll damage okay. for a strength attack. Uh, is that a medium weapon or is it a... It's a heavy weapon. So D8 for his tier? Uh, I believe... I think that's right. he can fly. Because a heavy would be... A bird. You guys are 12? tier 2? Tier 1. 11 okay. is tier 2. I thought you guys were 11 already, but maybe not. Uh, okay, heavy, yeah, tier 1. So that's a D8. Move the D4 out of the way. That is an eight. Because a, a good start. It's pretty good. Uh, and then he is a strength attack. Strength attack. So he gets a plus five to that. So that's 13. 13. Plus battle hammer is... That's a specific gosh. weapon. So that yeah. would be a plus, plus four. four. Um, so that's a 17. Yep. Okay. So that does 17 damage to... Number that's number three that's right next to him. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. It goes Wah! as he hits it with his battle hammer. And then he should light it on fire. And then light it on fire. <laughs> and then, <laughs> or at least attempt to. Very uh, Alice in Wonderland. Sure, he'll light that one on fire also. See what he can do. So I need to make a. So standard action. It would make the most sense for him to do it. So the bird needs to make a save. Somebody roll an arcane check for Taven. Um, I think this is going to be a reflex check to see if it can avoid it. I got a 8. That's going to be a 22. That's not going to avoid it then. (laughs) Not at all. All right, so roll the damage for Taven, somebody. Uh, It should be a d6 if someone wants to roll that. Yep. 3. Plus, plus his proficiency. Two? No, plus... Eight total. Yeah. Eight total? Yeah. Yep. Okay. This thing is like... Uh, real toasty looking. Oh, and it's, its so feathers are all like scorched and it's like... How, how big are these again? They're like fairly small. I'm like Presley took... How much damage was the battle hammer attack? 17. 17 plus another 8. Gurk. 25 total. Kind of looks no, at 20. the crispy Two bird total? and licks her lips. Yeah, fair. Yeah, 25. Yeah, 25 total damage. <laughs> but it's still alive. Yeah. Okay. But, like, oh. just barely. Uh, he would like to add 6 to his damage roll. Ooh. All right. So... Encouraging word. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> tell me what that looks like in game. Uh, the so the the he he nails it with the battle hammer, right? And he lights it on fire, and it's kind of like smoldering. He focuses just a little harder, and goes. <laughs> it kind of like has a second round of explosion. He's like, ah, oh, there we go. All right, it's now dead. Okay, there we go. Think uh, of like Hades' hair when he gets really yeah. angry. I mean, it's always right. on fire, <laughs> yeah. but when he gets really angry, it just goes. <laughs> The fire, the fire started right. out red, the, and the uh, table was like, not hot enough. And it's <laughs> blue. Remains of the uh, microraptor looks like a roast chicken. Um, perfectly cooked. Perfectly cooked roast chicken. Legs tied. Um, Thanks for dinner, David. <laughs> yeah, so that one's done. Um, all right. Raptor rations. Uh, does David want to move... You're assuming there's going to be leftovers. Uh, I think Taven is going to move. That will not end up in the pack. We're going to eat it now. We have eight of them. Oh, that's true. I forgot Taven was the rock. I was like, why are you moving the scenery? Uh, Taven's going to say, are we still trying to like avoid these things, or what are we thinking at this point? Hit them until they stop hitting us. I think we're past avoidance at this point. <laughs> All right, here we go. He's going to move into the... I don't know how much movement he has. He has... Five. Uh, Twenty. Okay. 
So he just moves basically straight into the. I think that was twenty to that spot. Yes. Um, he just moves straight into the uh, center of the clearing. Um, all right. So that was Steven's turn. Does Taven have any armor? <laughs> uh, he should have at least level three everywhere. Okay. I don't know, but I'll, we'll just do that. I'll throw it in there. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's green number one, which is this one. Uh, so it's going to fly down at Taven. And land there. Number four is in the air. Which I don't know if we have a good way to indicate that, but um, I attempted to 3D print something that would be able to indicate that, but it didn't turn out well. Mm. Still can't get it to float. Nope. Uh, that's a regular attack to his head, Magnets. which actually makes a lot of sense. Um, we'll see how the damage goes. This one's gonna kind of like sweep down with his claws instead of trying to bite. Oh. Uh, that's going to be seven damage to Taven's head, Oof. but actually four damage because of his armor. Um, you got that, Isaac? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so that one moved, that one attacked. Now we're on green number two. Who had to roll so high on these? Come on. Uh, there was a combination of high rolls and also low rolls from the party. Um, let's see. We're going to do... I'm pretty sure this one was... Or at least the one yep. we placed second. Yeah, that one is the one with the two on it. I was looking to see who I think makes the most sense for him to attack. We're going to do... Uh, no, that would not be his choice, is the neighboring bird. Oh, it's a green-white thing. Yeah. That's awkward. Turn him against each other. We're gonna do, um, a D8. One through four is gonna be Taven, and then five, six is gonna be... Well, you guys can pick. I'm rolling a D8. You guys have two numbers that are going to hit you between uh, Girk and Core. No, wait. This is Storm? Yeah. Okay, between Girk and Storm, pick two numbers on a D8 each that you don't want me to roll because that means I'm hitting you. That we don't want you to roll? Right. I don't want you to roll seven or three. Okay. Seven or three are Girk. One and five. One and five are. David. Storm. 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 Uh, the rest are. <laughs> the rest are attacking Taven. <laughs> so. I roll this one out on the table. Three. It's a three. So that one's swooping at Girk, but then we'll see if it even hits. Girk and Girk. Miss it. That's a regular attack to your head. Rude. So it's gonna go through and land. I think that spot makes the most sense. Um, okay, so this one's also coming through with its claws. That's also seven damage. Apparently, Oof. this is how they should have been attacking the whole time. Do I take three damage? Uh, yeah, three damage to your head. All right. Um. Next up is number three green. Did I take my D8 back? I did. Um, which is... This one, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to do... I think that one's... Probably just going to attack Taven. I think that makes the most sense for its position. Um, so we'll see if it lands. Oh, it critted left arm. Uh, so it's going to end up... Uh, it's 
going to swoop through at 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Uh, so it's going to swoop through there. Um, okay, so crit means you add the full governing stat to the attack. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that is 12 damage to Taven's left arm. Oof, okay. All right. Uh, next up is Storm. Okay. Storm is going to... Storm is going to tell his team, cover your ears, and he's going to move 5, 10, up to the square right next to Taven. And the turret, right? And right in front of where Girk is building the turret. And he's going to use his Yeti call racial attribute. Nice. Do we have time to plug our ears, though? Uh. What does that sound like? Uh, I would blow my microphone out, probably trying to replicate well, it. You Sorry. could move your microphone farther away. Big someone blow out. It cries out in distress. Um, can you read the whole ability? Uh, yeah, Yetis can yell at tremendous volume, dealing 1d6 plus con sonic damage in a 15 foot radius. Uh, targets use con to save. And this also intimidates first-time hearers at uh, Game Master discretion. This has been the Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast.